This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 305 DGS. Michael Calhoun just said it uh, feels like 109 outside. And I said to the guys, like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like 109 to me. And I'm like, you know what, a-hole. It's like I saw some guys this morning coming in on a road crew and, uh, we can figure out how their day went. And earlier when we started the show, we did a thing about like, oh, if I could do a job and blah, 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 I would just do this. And I said, like, I would love to be back at Lodge Farms working and tilling the fields and such. And I can just imagine someone listening to the show working on a farm being like, okay, a highly paid guy sitting in a nice, cool studio making wiener jokes for a living. Why don't you come on out here? (laughs) I would hate me. I'd be like, God, I hate you. you (laughs) Shut up. Uh, Uh, Also, and this is going to sound like I I have stage four cancer or something and trying to be nice to everyone, but it's really true. I was just talking to Andrew about something about the show. I don't say this enough. I have such great people around me. It's all of you guys, Andrew and Rach and Kev and uh, and the guys from the crossover. And this is not an easy job to do, but you guys make it so much easier. And you're all just really good at it. So I don't say thank you enough. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. You're very welcome. Very nice. You're all effing fired. Um, <laughs> bye. Stairway to Kevin. Sure. All right. So we talk a lot about crazy in politics, right? I mean, we just played the clip from DeSantis saying, just shoot people. I mean, Biden's crazy stuff. Trump's crazy stuff. So I, I found this clip of Ross Perot from 1992. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this is 30 years ago. This was considered crazy stuff. He was considered, would you agree? Oh, yeah. He was considered the nutcase. Nutbag. Like, people were bagging on him for being crazy. Listen to this as Ross Perot. This is from 1992. Just talking about some of his ideas for change in his presidential campaign. Step one, we've got to slash the White House cabinet and congressional staffs. In 1960, Congress had 6,700 staff members. Today they have 30,000. The White House had 375 in 1960 and today has 1,850. All they do is clutter up communications between the people and the leaders. We've got to change the whole organization in Washington so that people come to Washington to serve us and not to cash in. We must eliminate PACs, political action committees. We've got to make our elected officials responsive to the people and not to the special interests. We've got to eliminate all possibilities of special interests giving large sums of money to candidates, and we must leave no 
loopholes. We must limit political contributions to $1,000 and no other way. We've got to require all members of Congress and the President to turn in excess political funds from prior campaigns to the U.S. Treasury immediately after a campaign. No grandfather exemptions, no exceptions. We must eliminate the need to raise millions for campaigns. This corrupts our process. As a matter of principle, we must get rid of all the freebies in Congress and the White House, such as free haircuts, free gymnasiums, free prescription drugs, free ambulance service, and the list goes on forever. These people are our servants. We don't have those things. Why should they? Congress has given itself a retirement plan that's worth two to three times what you and I get. We need to bring it back in line with ours. Makes no sense for the people who work for you to have a better retirement plan than you have. You wouldn't let that happen in your business. Let's just make it competitive with our pension plans. Congress absolutely must stop exempting itself from laws it imposes on us. Only in America would they pass laws impacting us and exclude themselves. That's the crazy guy from 1992. There is not one word of that I don't agree with. I agree. Now he had I I I don't I don't remember it as well because that was that was the first presidential election I could ever vote in, um, and I think that I mean there there are legitimate things if you go back and look at some of his policies where you're like eh that's a bad idea and people didn't like the fact that he was a billionaire and you know he was like he he talked funny you know yeah i don't know that sounded like it was from like fdr times i don't know mm-hmm. why but it's probably partly him partly the recording but then i listened to that i'm like there's not a single thing in there that i'd say that's a terrible idea in fact every one of those things is an idea that i would talk about mm-hmm. like let's stop letting them run the show we run the show you work for us here are the terms and if you don't like it don't run if you don't like that we're limiting your pensions if you don't like that you don't get better health care than the average American citizen, then don't don't run for the job. And maybe, if as he's putting it, if the standard were they get what we get, maybe they would work harder to make it better for us. Well, I mean, try this one out. Until we do what he just said, <clears throat> we're all just kind of yanking around. Like nothing's really going to change until we change Congress in those ways. I, I think every one of those things should happen. And if every one of those things happened, I think you would necessarily have a better congressional body. And with a better congressional body, maybe then you can start to actually change some things. While you have the same not great congressional body, How? What? it's like magic. It's complete magical thinking. We think with these monkeys we have up there now <laughs> that they're going to suddenly do all these wonderful, magnanimous, genius things that help us and don't help them. Of course not. We have the criminal in there because we've allowed it to be criminalized. It's terrible. Yeah, and I believe me, I I don't want to make a full on endorsement of Ross Perot well, thirty years after the fact. Is he dead? But no idea. He, uh, yes, I think so. Dig him up. But that was a billionaire saying we need to take money out of politics, saying we need to get rid of political action committees. And I saying, believed him. No, this is what I'm point. Yeah, I, this I is my point. Him. Like, where would a rich person say that now? Because they want the influence. They want to be able to lobby and nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and here's how I can grease the wheels by donating. I also love the part about having to give back campaign donations that you don't use. You lose, you're done. You don't get to keep that. You don't get to give it to a pet project or a pet charity. It comes back to us. You know, it was one of the simplest things he said, but the whole 
you used to have 800 staffers. Now you have 18,000 or yeah, something like that. 1,800. Just from the standpoint of someone who runs a business like him, of course. Yeah. Of course you don't need that many people. Why do you need that many people? Every one of those people who are up there just taking up space, which I think are making the system work worse, are getting paid a pretty good salary, a great pension, great benefits, probably better than most people listening right now. And what the hell are they doing? They're just gumming stuff up. I mean that's a per- those are pretty those are I don't know how what those numbers look like now because again he was making this 30 years ago. Okay, let me say one more thing. It seems to me that the federal government has become the country. What do you mean? I mean the country used to be the people of the United States of America and we had a government that looked over us and helped us out and protected us. And it was elected by the people of the people for the people. I would submit to you that the federal government has become a separate entity that believes that it is the country. And we are sort of like the people in the matrix who are just batteries uh, using our energy to to juice this thing. And the thing that they're juicing is this entity known as the federal government made up of not just 435, whatever it is, people made up of thousands and tens of thousands of people who are just bilking us. I really th- and I think we've accepted it. I think that when we think of us, we think of them. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about them constantly. Tonight, you turn on any cable channel. It's not about us. It's about them. They've become the country. Well, they certainly drive the narratives and tell us what we're supposed to care about. And they get wrapped up in the culture war BS, both sides of the aisle, and tell you, like, hey, just so you know, drag shows are the most important thing happening in the United States of America right now. It's not the economy. It's not jobs. It's nothing like that. It's not the fact that you're struggling to put food on the table. It's the fact that they're X, Y, Z. Like, they control the narrative, and we all fall for it. Well, I mean, I know I've said it before, but in reality, we have become what our ancestors who started the country tried to escape. We we now have nobility. Nobility comes with elected position and wealth. Yeah, it's no longer blood. And it's not, yeah, right, right. It's not the same as the old nobility, but it functions in the same way. They're at the top, and in, instead of, you know, a feudal lord taking his taxes from the people that lived on his land, it's just a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, and I think that that, if, if anything... The people that, you know, the founding fathers, the people that wrote the documents, that wrote the Constitution, that's probably a thing that they would be most disappointed by. Yeah. Although there are people that will argue that they were also wealthy landowners and they kind of set it up so that wealthy landowners would run the show. Um, And that's how it still is, really, right? Any different. But it is exactly what everybody left. It is a higher-end power structure, which right now is not about birth as much as it is about wealth and position. Uh, but how, I mean, think about how many legacies there are out there. People that are where they are in part because of their, their birth. But it's not, again, it's not about the name your family has. It is about the bank account. If you're born into wealth, you have all the advantages of being born noble 300 years ago in Europe. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Paul online too. Paul, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Dave. 
Hey, uh, whenever I hear you talk like you just did, I just say, God, why, why aren't you more uh, drained the swamp uh, supporter of Trump? I know, I know your antipathy for him now. Yeah. But man, that's that's what Trump's been talking about from day one. He, he's been Ross Perot 2.0, and Ross Perot should have won. I wish he would have won. I wish I would have uh, supported him instead of uh, thinking he was an agitator back then. I have but an I, mean, I have an answer for you. Uh, I could be wrong. But I think it's because Ross Perot meant it, and I think Donald Trump's a bad person, and I think that, like he has his whole life, he just uses people in situations to better himself, and I think that that's what he did. Uh, I took a chance, and I voted for him the first time, hoping that he would be more like a Ross Perot, but I was disappointed. I could be wrong. I could be reading the whole thing wrong, and he's a saint. But that's my answer, is that those types of concepts and policies do very much appeal to me. I just think that he was the wrong guy to do it. Well, I think he's about the only choice we have to do it. If we have any hope of anybody doing it at all, it's certainly not Joe Biden or uh, Nancy Pelosi or even uh, any of the other fools on both sides. Who, I mean, uh, who would be your second choice behind? Let's say that Trump fell over dead today jogging. Like who? Who would be the next up behind him that you would say this person has the mindset and the gravitas to pull this off? Oh, I don't know. I think uh, DeSantis is the only one that's uh, shown some bones. I mean, he's done a heck of a job in Florida with a lot of opposition. Uh, and again, he's been vilified uh, already. I, I think he might be a Jeb Bush 2.0 as much as uh, yeah. I think Trump is a Ross Perot 2.0. But that's interesting. So unfortunately, they, they, they all get eaten up by the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that's why I always think when I hear you guys uh, gang up on Trump. And again, hey, I. I the guy, he's hes not a saint. He's not perfect. But Jesus Christ, he, he, if he's the only guy that might be willing to, to pull the plug on this crap, we're just going to continue on with the same dance we have with Mitt Romney or John McCain, as we did with Joe Biden, as we did even with Obama. Obama was, you know, he was a, a figurehead at best of the same system, uh, even for those who loved Obama and thought he, he did no wrong or could do no wrong, which I don't agree with. But I think everybody other than uh, Reagan, uh, the only. Uh... Nope. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Call back anytime. Doug on line three. Doug, uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, you guys are saying a lot of good stuff. And, and what Ross Perot said, you agree with. How do we get it implemented? What do we have to do? You got, you know, you're talking to a whole bunch of people right now. If you have the answer, let's let's give it to the people. Let's let's get you know uh, an organization started that we can we can implement the things that you're talking about that we all agree on. Here's how it starts, and I'll quote Hancock and Kelly, uh, who say this kind of thing all the time: We all have to participate in primaries. You have to show up every election. Not, and I don't mean you, all of us. We need to show up when you have more choices and then pick the right people. But we don't. A very small percentage of people will actually vote in the primaries, and they get to choose for us who our greater choices are down the road. To directly answer your question, though, I promise you 
uh, that as the election ramps up, I will ramp up. I do feel a certain obligation. Look, I'm just one guy in St. Louis, but I think I have a fairly unique voice for a broadcaster. I don't know anyone else on the airwaves who says the things I say and thinks the things that I think. And so I feel a certain obligation to speak for the people who don't have a microphone in front of them who agree with what I say. So I'm going to ramp that up. Also, I think that in particular, the DGS and KMOX in general, you know, get out the vote is so old. It's so boring. It's so dead. The I voted sticker, snore. We need to make a concerted effort and we need to be creative. We need your guys' help to do it. Voting in primaries, just what you said. I've never voted in a primary in my life. I'm, com- I'm a complete hypocrite. I get mad at all this stuff, yet I've never voted in a primary. I don't know when they are. I'm too lazy. Oh, I'm going to get Starbucks with someone that morning. I have to be better. Yeah, I think that ultimately that falls on everyone. I mean, and I, I you know, I listen to, you know, when, when we have Michael and John in here and they're making this point that you're stuck with what the 10% of people who participate in those things want. So if you don't want and and it's yeah the president but yeah it's also your your representative it's also your yeah. your state senators and representatives I mean it's at every level. Rachel, any thoughts before we go to break? Um, I I get I think it was Doug's frustration. It's like you hear everything that's wrong, but you don't really know how to move forward. And I get what you guys are saying about voting in the primaries, but sometimes you don't even have a candidate in those primaries that seems like they stand for any of those things that were listed. So. I mean, I think good people need to run and everybody needs to vote. That's really the only thing we can do. Just about one minute left, but Bob on line two, we're going to give it to you. Bob, go right ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I I find it interesting that none of the previous presidents have criticized Donald Trump's comments or criticisms claiming that he lost the election. Well, they know damn good and well that he didn't. Uh, that he won the election when they know damn good and well that he didn't. And that, you know, that they're not criticizing his behavior and they're not telling him, look, you know, when we lost the election, or or especially like George Bush, the previous Republican president, I realize he, he, uh, uh, you know, uh, didn't run against, can't run against, but it's just like, George, uh, Don, just, you lost, go away. Stop this. You're, You're making the office of the presidency look bad. And I, I find that, you know, just their silence, it, even the vice president, if I were Mike Pence, I would owe him nothing, no loyalty, nothing. Uh, because, uh, I, I mean, he would throw Mike Pence under the bus to, to uh, 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 further his goals. And uh, I, I just find their silence puzzling and disappointing. Yeah, I know there's always been this thing that ex-presidents stay silent, but weird times call for weird measures. And I agree. I hadn't really thought about it, but I'm a little surprised that the ex-presidents haven't presented like a united front. 336 DGS on KMOX. Dave Murray joins us. Hello, Dave. Hello, hello. So the week going pretty much the way you thought, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, we I, last actual temperature i saw was 99 but i'm sure we hit 100 degrees our dew points upper 70s were not that 80 81 that we had yesterday but it's still a beast out there it's just not very nice do it again tomorrow 100 degrees 115 the heat index between four and five o'clock in the afternoon very warm wednesday night thursday something a little different now it's still hot it's still sunny 
but we're going to have a little more of a southwest flow. When that happens, slightly drier air comes in. So the humidity is going to be a touch lower on Thursday, but that drier air will boost our temperature. We've had it in the forecast all week. 103 on Thursday, and 103 is the record from 1947. 1947 was a beast of an August in St. Louis. So a little better humidity, a little stronger temperature. Still awful Thursday night, Friday, 99 degrees. A slow-moving, kind of weak cool front comes in late Friday night. There's just a tiny chance of a spot thunderstorm. Not a big, big deal. But what that does is open up the northwest flow again. So 88 degrees on Saturday. Still a little humid Saturday, partly sunny skies. 68 Saturday night. And Sunday, partly sunny and nice. 82 degrees for the high on Sunday. Evolution Festival in town in Forest Park Saturday and Sunday. Why we're going to see this change? There's a couple of things going on. First of all, there is a tropical storm. It's Herald coming into South Texas right now. That moisture is not a player for us. That's not coming up. It's driving into the desert southwest. What's left of Hillary are just a few showers up in Montana and the Dakotas. So the, the gate has been opened up to the same old summer pattern that the nation's seen all summer long. The big high pressure system is going to flatten out. It's going to push off to the southwest a little bit. That's going to allow the northwest flow to come back into play. And that's why our temperatures are going to be better over the weekend. It has nothing to do with any tropical system. Can you imagine how miserable people were in 1947? There had to be very little, if any, air conditioning. No, none. I I would say probably none at all because it was, you know, we were awful in the 50s, too. A lot of our records are, are from 1954, and AC was just coming into play then. But people were tougher, I think, then, too. I mean, I guess you had to be. But you are more acclimated to it. I mean, your body does get used to things, yeah. Right. But all the brick houses in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Ovens. Just ovens. Up and behind. (laughs) (laughs) Headlines, Rach? Headlines is brought to you by Schnucks. Get personalized savings delivered to you in an instant with the Schnucks Rewards app. Before we do headlines, I would like to thank everyone who went to the Dave Glover Show Facebook page and liked the photo of Dave's mom and great-great-granddaughter. Loved it. Loved it. Did you like it, Dave? I did. I didn't actually like it as far as hitting the button, but I did like it. <laughs> but he I liked really it in his like heart. <laughs> that's right. And it, that's more important. That's true. But we did hit over 1,000 likes nice. in okay. 24 we'll hours. Okay, make it so. 1,001. Yeah, there think of go. how good 1,001 would have looked. There's a picture taken the same day of me holding Katie wearing my inappropriately short shorts, which I said to Rach, hey, let's put that one up there and see if we can beat a 1,000. She's like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's something we could do. Yeah, that's one idea. <laughs> yeah, we could crop the photo, maybe. <laughs> we got options. All right, on to headlines. Fewer Americans are expe- expecting a recession now. Voters seem to be less worried about a recession. Around a third of registered voters think we are headed for a recession today, but the number was hovering around nearly half for most of last year. So it looks like people are feeling better about the economy. Now, whether or not people's feelings actually factor into it, I don't know. But we're feeling better in general. You know how when you talk to someone who's too smart and you can tell that they you're not. We don't know that feeling (laughs) like you're not connecting like they're just they're not getting it. I feel that's how the government is about the economy. Like, hey, dude, when the interest rate to buy a house is 8 percent, 
the economy's bad. I don't tell. I don't care what else you tell me. When I go to the store, what did I buy the other day? God, it was a great one. Anyway, it was ten bucks. It's the kind of thing I'm used to paying three dollars for. The mayo's been really expensive. When that happens, the economy's bad. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to look at the Kinsey and Cross or, you know, go talk to a micro macro economist. It's like we're we're way simpler than that and not as stupid as you think we are when you pee in our leg and tell, tell us that it's raining. You know, like it is what it is. But here, here's the thing that bothers me, and I don't know that it's 100 percent accurate, but with all of these things, it seems like interest rates shoot up really fast. But then they come down really slow. Oh, yeah. Gas prices shoot up really fast. And then they come down really slow. So any recovery, any turn, you could say on paper, yeah. oh, look, the jobs report's good and inflation's slowing down. But it hasn't the, – the, it takes forever for the prices to come down or those interest rates to come down, which is why it doesn't feel like it's better. And I know this is a dumb guy thing to say, but we are being constantly every second of – Every hour of every day being cajoled into buying stuff and, you know, get the economy going and get out there and this and that. And then you hit a point where the powers that be go, well, you guys just bought too much stuff. It's your fault. The economy is too hot. Now money's worth less. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to have to raise the interest rates. We didn't do anything. We did what you told us to do. We did what you made us do. And, And then they turn around and blame us like, well, you know, everything's a little too hot. Moving forward. Did oh, you see- boy, I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> Give him Dave. Did you see this, Wheels? <laughs> Two members of the L.A. Dodgers had their homes burglarized over the past month. Freddie Freeman and mm-hmm. Max Muncy. That, Police that, are investigating to see if there was a connection. I was going to say, that seems awfully... <laughs> Unlikely to be random mm-hmm. when you've got two Maybe teammates. Maybe to each other. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But like the neighborhoods that those guys are living in, it would be really weird for it to be just two random things. Right? They're targeting mm-hmm. the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney will make a Senate decision by fall. In a new interview, he says, I'll be making that decision this year. Haven't made a final decision yet, but my decision will be based on whether I think I can get things done for the people of Utah. I don't go to Washington to make noise. I go to Washington to get things done. Well, you can, so stay home. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Settles that. That's how Dave feels. Vegan dog food is launching at Petco. This seems crazy to me. I didn't think that dogs should or could be vegan. Uh, but the Petco, Petco is rolling out its first fully vegan line of dog food and treats. They've collaborated with vegan company Wild Earth to offer flavors like veggie chicken kebab, classic roast, and golden rotisserie. So it's all still meat-flavored stuff because that's what your dog really wants to eat. Yeah, uh, my, do- my dog, I put that down in front of them. And they're labs. They eat anything. But they would go. Really, Dad? Yeah. No. I don't think so. Do you think, think that's so. a, the the owners think that it's better for the dog? Yes. Or just that the, the, the owner hates anything animal-based? Probably either uh, or. I would say probably uh, the yeah. second one more. Uh, yeah. A little both. A little both. The, the, uh, you know, all dog food is sold to humans. It's not sold to dogs. Very good point, Dave. Yeah. The uh, British Veterinary Association does not recommend giving dogs a vegetarian or vegan diet. I know you're definitely not supposed to feed your cat a vegetarian diet, so I thought that would apply to dogs as well. So, 
Anyway, my final story here. This is a sweet one. Uh, a man won over $300,000 playing a lottery game for the first time. He decided to play the state's Cash 5 lottery game for the first time ever on a whim and ended up winning $331,792. He was asked what he would do with the money. He says he plans on using it on payments for his house and car and will also donate some money to his church and to charity. Very sweet. No comments. Good for Betty. Dave, what's wrong? I'm <laughs> just in a bad mood now. <laughs> Dave was like, just stay home, man. I don't know what it is. You should just stay home. <laughs> Hang in there, Dave. I'll be in me. studio with you on Friday. Hang Stupid mitt. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. What can we, what can we uh, bring in for you, Dave? Anything? Any, got, got any writers? <laughs> mm. Green m think about that. I'll have my people contact your people. <laughs> Sounds good. Hulk <laughs> mad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. 351 DGS. We have the Sweet 16 coming up with Skip Weber at 4. Right now, we have our pal Maria Kina in. We're going to play Pyramid again. We fooled you. <laughs> Yay! Come on in, Michael. <laughs> Things you find in a newsroom. <laughs> Pencils. <laughs> no, no, no. We got to clue you in on those. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry for the joke. Uh, okay, I don't know anything about this hostage situation. What, tell me all about it. Started at 6 o'clock this morning. There was a guard. Um, 70-year-old guard who apparently was taken hostage while breakfast was being served. Now, this afternoon press conference, not a whole lot was revealed. We did get a timeline on when it all started. Um, it started at 6 a.m. By the time SWAT went in, it was 8-11. So two hours after the fact, once they got in there at 8-17, three minutes, they had the guard out of there. They were taking him um, to the hospital for treatment and minor injuries, according to everyone. So these two detainees that they had uh, that initially started the incident, but we believe there are more, according to the corrections commissioner. Uh, They started it, but apparently others joined in. So they will not say how many joined in. They restrained the guard. They also would not tell me how the guard was restrained. So, and they also said that they have an extensive record for a long time of being problems, problem, you know, troublemakers in the jail. What do you do? Put them into worse jail, I guess. Well, the, one of the things that I wanted to know, but they cut the press conference off, have they been taken out of the regular jail population yeah. at this point? But I don't have an answer to that question. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You know, th- these, these are people that are housed in the city justice center. They are not, they have not been convicted of a crime as yet. This isn't like a regular jail. They are waiting there for their hearings, for their trials, but they've been in there really long periods of time for several years in some cases. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you resolve that situation. And when you have such volatility and, and you know, they're very closed mouth about supposedly it started over. Uh, the commissioner said she heard something about pizza. Now, the last time when there were all those riots that they used to have, if you remember that back in 21, where they would put mattresses out the window mm-hmm. and burn them and things. Um, they were upset about the conditions inside there. Now, of course, they wouldn't let the press in there. This was a Zoom conference. And I don't know what the temperature is in there. I don't know how hot it is, how cool it is. They're complaining about the food. Th- this is a long line of complaints that the detainees have had, their families have had, uh, even corrections officers that worked there in the past. But they never let the press in there to see anything. 
So it's it's kind of hard to be able to say what it is. I'm not a big fan of uh, can't win, don't try, let's let all the bad people out of jail. But fair is fair. Mm-hmm. Just playground rules is fair. And the people who have been in there longer than they should have because of Kim Gardner, uh, something should be done. Well, I think that's and then you had COVID. You compound that with COVID. And no, there were no trials. There were no jury trials. They were offered at the time, as I recall, bench trials in order to, you know, find out one way or the other whether the judge would let them go or put them on bail. But then nothing, a lot of them refused that. So they just lingered there. And what I'd like to know is how many people in that institution right now have been there for more than a year? Yeah. And 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 what's their fate? And And when you do have two people like this who have a long history of causing problems, why are they continuing to go back into the general population? Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Thanks, Maria. We appreciate it. Right, thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 